Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's gonna be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're gonna hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk, nope. we gotta sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Okay, welcome back, guys. We are on location. Location, location, location. Lake Buchanan on our annual Mills Konzelman Fam camping trip. I'm saying right now you can't see my hands, so I'm saying camping in quotes. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Because we, for the last, this is our fifth year, and we've typically gone camping in tents and done like outdoor adventures, but this year we got a little home away, a little VRBO on the lake because hashtag 40. And adults are <laughs> done sleeping in tents. And we have, um, you guys have heard, the Consulmans are the Union Revival. We've had them on the podcast before, some of our deep, longstanding friends in music and ministry partnership. And we're so excited to have our dear friends and longest Waco friends um, that we've had and been doing life with, I mean, like family life with, the Weibels. So we have Matt Weibel and Don Weibel with Yay. us here. Yay. Welcome to the show. You can talk. You. you don't have to not say anything. <laughs> We're like high-fiving over the microphone. It was like a silent high-five across the table that nobody can see. <laughs> that was good. So, um, and really we wanted this podcast, it's kind of fun because we wanted this podcast to be about community, especially in the context of what it means to be um, pursuing a dream, pursuing a vision, pursuing your calling, your ministry, your organization, your company, whatever you're building, and really the reality that it takes community to build those things, which is what you guys have represented in our lives, not only friends, but partners in each other's yeah. lives and each other's organizations. Um, so just to give our listeners an overview context, we're not just great friends. We're also doing our own things. We're building our own dreams. We're living out our own callings. And so Matt, in 2000, 2010, you started Heart of Texas Field Guides. Yep. So you're coming up on, I mean, it's nine years you've been yep. going. Is that kind of weird? Yeah, it's weird. I know. It is. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. And um, it is an outdoor uh, ministry. It's really a mentoring opportunity that you give to young men as they learn to follow Christ. Yep. And you use the outdoors and nature to kind of take them along the field, what Christ called the field or the world, how to navigate the world in this space that they're living in mm -hmm. through um, mentoring, which is really a beautiful thing. And then... From that, Dawn began Talk More Tech Less. And when yeah. did that start? 2014. Okay, 2014. Yeah, so five years now. So Talk More Tech Less is um, honoring relationships over devices. It's mm -hmm. an organization that was birthed from really recognizing the issue of technology dependency. Yeah. 
And then from there, from Talk More Tech Less, you started Talk More Meals. 2017. Okay. Launched that one. And so that's, it's a for-profit company. Yeah. So it's, and it's Talk More Tech Less for-profit as well. Yes, they both are. So Field Guides is a nonprofit ministry. Mm -hmm. And then Dawn began Talk More Tech Less and Talk More Meals as a for-profit enterprise. So all the while, the, the history of this is that I, what I want to dive into is that we we got to know you guys through going to church together, living in the neighborhood yeah. together. We were neighbors in our old Real school. neighbors. North Waco, going down to church to Highland. Driving the kids. riding lawnmower over oh, to yeah. your house for late night shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Here comes Mills on his lawnmower. And we like really began this journey. I want our listeners to hear how our relationship started because I can't believe we're sitting here traveling together because I never thought we would see it after the first date after the first double date so date night take it away tell us how did this whole thing he's already rolling his eyes no I I mean I remember so we're doing Saturday night church and you guys walked up to us and said y'all are young well, Don, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's true. Don, Enneagram right? 7 comes yes. up. Hey, y'all are, friends. Y'all are young. Let's hang out. And so we went somewhere. I for, No, we I don't. To, I do remember. Yeah. We went to Saronia. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was JD's Art Cafe back then yeah. for all the Waco old Waco school peeps. They'll remember JD's. And I just, for me personally, I remember walking away going, I don't ever want want to hang out with those people again. But why? Why did you say that? Well, because, well, my dear friend Matt Weibel, who is a six on the Enneagram, said, I think, a sum total of two words during that dessert. And it it was painful. Do you remember it that way, Matt? I remember it. Yeah, I remember the story of it being told that way. I remember there were several several things that happened that night that may have limited what I was, what I would say. Like what? Well, we were talking about our history in the church and growing up in the college group or this and that. And you used the term at one point, ver, um, oh my God. Yes. worship <laughs> masturbation. You did. Wait, 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 wait. You did. I remember you did. this. I did? You said that. And <laughs> Guys, this is so true. And I'm locking down. I'm like, yeah. oh, baby, what have <laughs> we, we got, done? We got a live wire over here. <laughs> he is threatening all forms of safety. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All things I know. Batten down the hatches. Yes. <laughs> wow. And so Dawn and I are like, oh, yeah. you know, the whole night. And I get in the car oh. or after we drop, because we rode together too, because we live in the neighborhood. Yes. So we pick you guys up. Oh, yeah. So we're not, you can't just get in your car and debrief because it was kind of a progressive dinner. We ate at one place and had dessert at JD's because yeah. they had really good cakes back then. Remember yes. that strawberry cake? Ooh, it was mm-hmm. so good. Red velvet. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And by the time we dropped you guys off <laughs> and the doors were shut, Brett goes, well, that was torture. And I was like, what? That was amazing. I was like, we're going to be great friends with them. Like, I can see it. And he was like, no, nah, I don't know about this. And here we are, like, all these years later. years later, because I was pregnant with Hattie. Yeah. I was pregnant with Hattie. And she's That's right. That now. was right at the beginning mm-hmm. of childbearing. Yeah. So moral of the story, push through the uncomfortable first date Right. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you really can't. I mean, a first date is a first date you're getting to know. You're just not going to. 
And it really is proof that community and friendship takes consistency and perseverance. And we have, we have done that. I mean, we have definitely faced things that would threaten our ability to continue moving forward. Yeah. But we have been able to choose faithfulness and choose um, God, really, just God's work Mm -hmm. in our lives to refine us as individuals and friendships. So tell us a little bit, Dawn, about why, like, what does, what does community mean to you? What does friendship mean to you? Yeah, community, I mean, and even with what I do, Talk More Tech Less and Talk More Meals, so much is about community in my life. A lot of my story is about community. I mean, I remember um, growing up when my brothers were first starting to get married and the in-laws entered the family. (laughs) Always fun. (laughs) And you get that outside perspective Mm -hmm. on what is your own narrative and your own perspective in life. And so I really see community as that. It's Mm -hmm. these friendships that we've chosen Mm -hmm. and God's chosen for us. And we have lived a lot of life together. I mean, the fun times, the hard times looking at church things that mm-hmm. we walk through, family, parenting, workouts, right. all the different workouts we've done oh my gosh. together. All the workouts. All the years. A um, <laughs> lot, <of laughs> lot of history and a lot of life. And so it's important to me because I see community as other pe- living, truly living life with mm-hmm. other people and having a different perspective on my own. Mm-hmm. Whatever I would see, the holes in my life or the areas of, you know, that are blind to me, I'm blind to, um, Mm. community is, marriage can be that too, for sure, but community living in friendships Mm. and parenting that way. Yeah. Well, you came from a really large family too. Oh yeah. Big family. 20 brothers and sisters. I mean, 21 grandkids now. 21 grandkids. Yeah. Six of us siblings. Not your grandkids, but those are your nieces and nephews. Yes. Yeah. And in my family. So four brothers, one sister. Big family. So then yeah. the idea of community then was already kind of being built into you almost forcefully in the sense that you've got, oh, you're yeah. always around people. So many people. Yeah. And I find too, when I get by myself, like that is my growth as, as a seven on the Enneagram, that five solitude going to that space is really, really healthy for me, but I'm also in the head triad. Mm-hmm. So I can get inside my head. And so having other People living life with me is just, it's so, it's important. It's healthy. I think for everyone who knows Matt and Don Weibel, I think one of the things they would say about you is that they really don't know other more faithful, relationship-driven people. It really defines, Mm -hmm. like, who you guys are. And, you know, for us, it. It has been, we don't have family in town. Both of you guys have family kind of close to you or cousins in town or moms and dads. And for Brett and I, I mean, we really kind of started from scratch, you Mm -hmm. know, in Waco. And I remember when we began JSL and when we were going to Highland doing Saturday night worship services together and um, you helped me, Don, on my first like strip club outreach and came along to do that and were involved with it for years. And Matt was on security team and... um, Mm -hmm has helped us move people, has helped us in, in the mm. trenches in so many ways. And I just don't know another couple that just really stays faithful and loyal to that um, value of relationship and the way that, that you guys do. So Matt, why, 
why is why is that? Like, why do you think loyalty and faithfulness is so important to you? Well, I, I was just thinking about while Don was talking. It, I don't jump into the water, whether it's a lake or a pool or the ocean, just dive in head first. Mm-hmm. I kind of just go slowly, immerse myself a little bit because I want to see if I'm going to like it or yeah. I'm going to see if it's going to be comfortable or okay. And then once I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. And, you know, the water's all over all of me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I do relationships like that. I'll, I might enter in slow, but I'm like testing the waters to see, okay, is it, am I going to go over my head on this mm-hmm. and just be able to be in? Mm-hmm. And then once you're in, you're like, hey, this isn't that bad. You know, this is great. <laughs> Which if you're listening and you're an Enneagram person, fun. you can already tell by what he just said it, that he, Matt is a six on mm-hmm. the Enneagram. Which is called, in fact, the loyalist. That's true. Yeah. And yes. I, I do. I, I can call you at any point and say, hey, I'm broke down on the side of the road and it's two in the morning and Matt will be there. Mm-hmm. I love that. true. And I mm-hmm. think that commitment, you see the commitment ahead of time. So you are cautious about the people that you're like letting into your life. You're mm-hmm. like, ah. I mean, that we've had relationships where you've been like, ah, that's not going to work for me. Cause you is that see because you know there. that you're that loyal just in general and so you want to be legislative with your loyalty? That may be a wrong way to say it. but yeah, Maybe. And I don't want to be loyal to the wrong person. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think that's why I don't just jump in and test it out fully. So when this guy said worship masturbation, <laughs> why the heck did you stay? Probably because of Dawn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's true. She, she keeps me a lot of places where I, where I need to Naturally be. She sees would. where this would be good or... This person, there actually have been people where she said, I don't know if you're going to get along with this person. And it did work out. Mm-hmm. You know, we had great friendships with them too. But yeah, she, she keeps yeah. me going sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brett, why is staying tethered to community so important to you? Wow. I, I just think that's how we're wired. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're wired to be around people and to be in the midst of people. And, um, I love my people mm-hmm. and I, I will say as, uh, as an extrovert person, being around a lot of people is fun. Um, I used to think young, when I was younger, um, I want to have all these friends, all the friends. Right. But as I've gotten older, I realize I really only need like six or eight, like mm-hmm. six and to mm-hmm. carry the casket. Um, or maybe a few more. But just people that, you know, you, they know everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and they're still not going anywhere. And mm-hmm. I find um, it's just good to be known. Yeah. It's good to be known by other people more than just your spouse. Um, yeah. Dawn um, said this or hit on it a little bit, but one of the books I'm reading right now is an old one by Henry Nowen who talks about... Um, this, these three movements of spiritual life, the book is called reaching out. And he talks about this movement from hostility to hospitality and hospitality being the way that we, um, kind of embrace community. And he said, well, he's basically making the argument that in order to reach out to others, we must first reach into ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair to say before I go on that you, Matt and Don are committed to as much as you are reaching out, you really are people who are faithful about reaching in to your own story and reaching into what God is doing and what God's desiring of you. And um, and so in this chapter related to hospitality, he said, poverty of heart makes a good host, 
With poverty of heart, we can receive the experience of others as a gift to us. Mm -hmm. Poverty of heart creates community since it's not in self-sufficiency, but in a creative interdependency that the mystery of life unfolds itself to us. Mm. And it talks about poverty of heart receiving the experiences of others as as this gift. Mm. So what does that mean to you guys as we've embraced so many stories of others in our living rooms. I mean, we did house yeah. church for years. Oh, we yeah. did these Bible studies that end up like a train wreck on the front porch. We oh, had summer dom- shine like on the podcast and we talked disputes. about, I mean, somebody could have called, that like people house. were oh, you yeah. know, peeling out of cars and somebody's in the street yelling at somebody on the oh, porch. Man. And at one point, you know, Kathleen breaks out the cigarettes and everybody's oh, like, yeah. just take it. I, think take a smoke. I, I really think we all <laughs> smoked that night. I mean, yeah, we did. It yeah. was my birthday. That's <laughs> 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 oh, my birthday. Matt. That was on your birthday. It was on my birthday. Yep. Uh, yep. Domestic dispute <laughs> on, on my birthday. Your, on your on, in on, my home. In your home. <laughs> we were at your home on your birthday for the yeah. purpose of like Happy trying to serve Jesus <laughs> and trying to like follow God together, and it just ended up in a train wreck. So talk about man. How do we? embrace that kind of poverty of heart as we're like learning and taking the experiences of others as a gift to ourselves. Poverty of heart, poverty of social skills is what it (laughs) ended up breaking down to. I know. That was special. What does that mean though? Yeah. To you guys. I think think that is just the, the immersion. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Once you, once you're in Mm -hmm. with a community of people, like the, like I said, being in the lake or the water, Mm -hmm. it doesn't just touch certain parts of you. It's, it's pressed up against every part of your body, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the good and the bad. And I think relationships are like that. It's just if you're only willing to share or be a part of someone else's good or what you're comfortable with, then that's, that's not real. Right. That, you know, you, ha- you have to be able to share the full gambit of everything. And I think that we've, we've all done that in, mm-hmm. in, this, in this group. And, you know, there's, you see your fair share of, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that, most people aren't willing to share. Uh, it, it sometimes just naturally flows out, and mm. that's to me. To me, that's the authentic part of community. And if you're not willing to go there or open up that part of yourself, then what are you? It, it's it's fake. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. And there's mm-hmm. the depth of what you're willing to to take on as other people. That kind of hospitality to say, I'm willing to embrace your story. Mm-hmm and embrace the discomfort of this because Mm -hmm. naturally I'm going to feel the bumps of my own store of my own hostility. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to feel hostile toward you at some point Mm -hmm. because what you're requiring and asking of me Mm -hmm. feels just uncomfortable. I don't know how to do this. You are asking something of me that feels very frustrating and I don't know why, you know, and it, and through these experiences, it helps us to do our own deeper work if we'll do it. I think that's that's even harder doing your own work or, or dealing with your own mm-hmm. stuff is harder than dealing with other people's stuff. Totally. Yeah, I it agree. It for sure is. And I think even that night, that is exposing my more of myself, more of what 
I'm lacking. So the night of the blow up at our mm-hmm. house church now, <laughs> that blow night, up. birthday, birthday blow, blow up, <laughs> you know, you walk away from that night and it's easy to look at what went wrong with everyone else. But really, if you search your own heart and you go, oh, I didn't know what to do with addiction. Right. I didn't know what to do in that moment. I just thought this person mm-hmm. knew I loved them, but how can I communicate that in a different way or you know, and so even those um, those kind of relationships exposing us mm-hmm. are, like you said, are lacking our deeper work. I love that that mm-hmm. poverty of heart. That's good. Mm-hmm. It does. It makes a good host. Mm-hmm. You know. So in some in some of those instances, though, those are the things that tear people apart. Like, uh, you know, For a sure. lot of people are like, "I'm Check not. Out. I'm out. I'm not in yeah. this." So would you all agree that? I think. In order to make it work, you have to be committed in the good and the bad, and you have to be all in, even when things go to shit. Mm -hmm. And I can say in our 15 plus years of friendship, there have been some things that have gone to shit. There have, but I will say this, that I feel there's a trust factor there because I don't think you keep showing up for things that are spiritually or emotionally abusive. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Even though, and that, and that's where you have to do your own work to discern, is this, are these people as dysfunctional as we are? And mm-hmm. we all are to a degree, very dysfunctional, but are these people committed to Christ? You know, cause that, mm-hmm. that's what, what we value. Are they committed to emotional maturity, to psychological health? Yeah. Um, are they willing to not harm I mean, even mm-hmm. if even if you weren't doing community with a believer, is it someone who is committed to not harming you? You know, if yeah. they are they committed to repentance and repair, and I think yeah. that's the thing that I see in relationships where where I know this person is bent a little bit toward violence or harming others. I just, I have to be responsible for my own health mm-hmm. to say, that's not good for me yeah. to, to be deeply engaged with this person, you yeah. know, and draw and better I think boundaries. That's the important work. Like you asked of community. It's not black and white. It's not like, okay, I'm going to form a community now. I'm going to be all in. Oh my gosh. And no matter what thick or thin we're in the whole time. No, it's not it's easy. Not. It's not black and white like that. It's a lot of discernment. It's a lot of wisdom and listening to, okay, am I feeling like my boundaries are being walked on mm-hmm. here or where do I need to draw more boundaries or what does this relationship look like versus this one? And I think that that a lot of times people can look down on that, but it is the work of, it's the work of community. It's mm-hmm. the work of relationships is it's, it's hard and it's, um, so worth it though. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> so like, worth it. It's like dating. Like if, if Don died, I don't, think I could even force myself, even if I wanted to, to get back into the dating world after 20 or 30 years. You've of always said thoughts. you'll move to the yeah, mountains, I would, right? I, just, move on. I couldn't start over because right. it's, there's so much work and hard, hard things on the front end yeah. that you have to go through to, to create those, those deep roots. Well, I would hope that if something tragic like that did happen, I could trust that our marriage has been refining so much that hopefully I wouldn't have to start back at total ground zero. Yeah. I'd be yeah. a healthier version yeah. Yeah. of myself. And I hope that Brett, if something were, of course, to ever happen to me, we talk about that all the time as couples are like, what would happen? What would happen? And I'm always like, I hope Brett gets married. Like, dear oh, God. Like, <laughs> remember us this way. Oh, I know. 
My poor three boys, if it were just you in the mountain, you'd like move out to some remote mountain and Grizzly turn them Adams, into. Grizzly Adams surviving on the land. My kids are survivors. They are. Oh Which gosh. I think is fun now that you bring up kids mm-hmm. and community. So right. oh, yeah. we yeah. have our own community, the four of us. We're watching them right there. We are. And then They're out in the lake. We can see them on the dock. actually like each other and play together and hang out together and so it's like this community has spilled over because i you know it, what if our kids don't like each other right what do you do yeah, yeah. and we've had to navigate so because they they don't they're all different ages mm-hmm. they span the gamut from 16 hattie to six you know is ty yeah so there's this big gap and there's other friends they bring along and then that's always an interesting dynamic too and and you guys have all boys Mm-hmm. And we have two yeah. girls and a boy, so mm-hmm. there's a gender dynamic. And the Consulman's kids are here, you know, girl and boy too. Yeah. And so, but but the beautiful thing is like what we're modeling in for for the three couples for us. What we're modeling in terms of like how we navigate community together, those become like the terms and the conditions that we're kind of like training our kids in. Yes, like deferring yeah. to others, speaking up for your own needs, mm-hmm. drawing healthy boundaries. Like this morning, like this morning <laughs> Ty comes in crying. Dawn's asleep. I'm like, Ty, can you talk to me? You know, what happened this morning? You know, he. I just, all I heard, I'm, I'm reading and journaling on the screened in porch and it's like this quiet morning. And then I just hear this explosion of oh, tears tea from tea. Ty. <laughs> you know, he's like, Rah! and I, I'm watching him on the hammock and Jude gets up and he goes over and tends to them. And, and I'm like, what's going on? So I holler at him and I'm like, Ty, I was like, come here, buddy, come here. And so he walks in, you know, kind of his head down. Jude is quickly following mm-hmm. behind him. Mm-hmm. So immediately, (laughs) immediately, I'm like, he's wanting to come justify like something that's happened and really explain. So Ty comes in and I said, Ty, can you tell me why you're crying? And he said, Jude made fun of me. And um, so I said, Jude, did you make fun of him? What happened? And he goes, well, Ty was asking why we like to play Fortnite. And I said, well, why do you like to play Red Bull? And and so, so I said, oh, man, so... Ty, you felt like Jude was mocking you. And he was like, mm-hmm. And then I heard Ty go, and I don't forgive you. <laughs> so, Six years old. So Unforgiveness. I was like, Ty, do you, do you want to forgive him, but you can't? And he said, yes. And I said, well, can you tell him what you need from him? And he just kind of stared. You know, I'm asking a six-year-old, like, to... <laughs> You know, do tell this, your like, brother what you work. need, Ty. And so can you tell him what you need from him? And he was like, mm. And I said, do you need for him to never do that again? And he said, he nodded his head. I said, can you tell him, don't ever mock me again? And he goes, mm-mm. <laughs> 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 Hashtag no. nine. And so then he goes, I we just want to go see my mom. And oh. so I knew you were sleeping and in there, so I was trying to, like, do the repair work oh, with yeah. them so they didn't bother, you know, mom while she's having a late morning. But anyway, just Hashtag hilarious. We're all community. Community that is really what team. it is. Yeah, we're just facilitating it all is these. So yeah. true. What, um, so many moments of that. I know. And so, what has been some of the hardest kind of perceived threats to community? What, what are the perceived threats? That's a Good question. Gosh, it depends on the season too. Mm -hmm. Because I think as our kids have gotten older, we've seen so many different seasons with them. Mm -hmm. When they were earlier, we were dealing with earlier threats. 
And like, I remember even you guys having a baby mm-hmm. and two older girls mm-hmm. and then us having three boys. We were like, how's this really going to work? Mm-hmm. And as Gus has gotten older, oh, yeah. they're like besties. Brothers. You know, yeah. they are their brothers. Mm-hmm. And so to see kind of those going through those maybe earlier threats of like, can we be like, can we be family friends if we our kids don't have friends to be well, with? Well, the truth and, is we are as close as we are. We are at different churches. Yeah. We don't all believe the same things. Mm -mm. We, our kids go to different schools. They have different interests. Yeah. Um, Public, private schools. mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, so many different. Sports, non-sport, whatever. I mean, it's just, we've kind of gone through seasons where it's like, it really is a choice to continue making community a priority. And Mm -hmm. then when you do, it's like, oh, they're all, you know, the three boys are swimming and walking down the street. Yeah. You know, we're in the same neighborhood again. Right. right. So well, it's and like now the girls are old enough through. to where they're almost, I mean, they're basically adults. Yeah. And they're participating Driving. in the adult conversation. And yeah, they do hang around the adult table a little bit more. They do. <laughs> yeah. At times they probably should not. <laughs> That's a good question for you. Yeah. What's a threat to threats? Yeah. Or perceived threats. Uh, I think different parenting styles yeah. is a big one. Um, how many times have our kids gone? Well, so and so doesn't. Their family doesn't do that. Or, yeah. I'm like, well, but ours does. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so just different, different parenting styles, views on things. We're probably a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say rigid, but we probably have more rules. Structure. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe structure. Yeah, bedtimes. Yeah. Jude's like, mm-hmm. the mills don't have a bedtime in the summer. I'm like, well, they also have a 16 year old. <laughs> I, did, I did see we your, have a your, your whiteboard chore chart. And oh, it was yeah. Mighty we might have to post yeah. that on the podcast yeah. link. Emily's has six list. things yeah. to do, and yours was a summer checklist, oh, and his is a summer color yeah. coordinated. Graft. Oh, yeah. Color coordinating. You got to tell Actually, them what to do. Kind it's of jealous of it. It's been really helpful, I will say. I feel like we're going to post the Enneagram post, uh, not Enneagram, the Instagram post of you teaching your boys that chart. Oh, you it should is, post that picture. It is that impressive. It's like, here's you need how to we're going to do summer. It's well, like, this is summer. In that moment, they were like already in their bathing suits, all lubed up. We were coming over for a Friday night movie night. Yeah. And Matt was like, family, let's sit down family and meeting. have a summer yep. chore chart moment. Yes. So I snapped a picture. I was like, guys, we're running late. Look what we're doing. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, got to give it to them. I know. Got to give them some structure. Or they yeah. will. They have. It has they been really working. Own. Well, you kind of feel like in some ways, if there's not any boundaries at all, that your life starts running you yeah. and your kids start running you. And I think that's one of the things probably for Matt and I more is, you know, yeah. a little less prone to total spontaneity all the time, whereas you guys are just like, let's just yeah. feel it out. Like, get Heck in the yeah. pool. What's just wrong with have, this? You know, the summer. And <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but Why you'll get. And Matt and I are like, but we know the cost of that. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, we know mm-hmm. what it costs. Y'all aren't happy. No. no. <laughs> you're, <laughs> so true. you're not happy. At the end of the day, you're right. you're pissed, and everybody's yeah. arguing, and then you're putting out fires all the time. Yeah, and they're it's going to bed at way 11, more energy. And you got to clean up the house because of yeah. all the stuff that they did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, the entitlement. It's this chore chart has really helped with yes. their like entitlement. At the very first time they had to do the di- empty the dishwasher, mm-hmm. and they were like rolling their eyes. Why do we have to do that? We're like, mm-hmm. we do this for you all the time. I want $5 for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. $5. You got yeah. a roof and air conditioning. Yeah. You got a blanket. <laughs> this is part of teamwork, you know? Yeah. 
I know. So yeah, parenting styles are one of those things that I think when you see what other parents allow Mm -hmm. or don't Mm -hmm. allow, that that sometimes can like hostility can rise up in that where you're just like, ugh, why are they letting their kid get away with this? Or why are they letting their kid treat my kid that way? And you can start to become defensive and protective over your own, you know, and not really be able to like work through it. And I think we've, we've had to talk through that at some points of like, what is your response to this? Or could, could we do something a little better here? What do you need from us and what do we need from y'all? But that just takes so much work and patience. We want to take a quick second to tell you about an incredible social enterprise. Lovely Enterprises is the social enterprise of Jesus Said Love, and its aim is reducing recidivism into the sex industry by providing livable wage jobs and launching micro businesses. So take a listen to Stephanie, one of our entrepreneurs, applying for her Lovely Microloan. Lovely has given me the steps and connections that I need to turn my passion into a business. It's a business that I, as a single mother, can run with ease, all the while teaching my kids some business essentials so that they will go down a different path other than the one that I chose. So check out Lovely online at ourlovelystore.com. We're also on Instagram as Lovely Enterprises and on Pinterest. Or you can come visit us in person at 1500 Columbus Avenue, Waco, Texas. Everything we make and sell is ethically sourced and socially responsible. Listen, if you're a boutique owner, we can also create a wholesale account for you, just like we do with our friends at Magnolia. When you shop Lovely, you literally change lives you know as we think about parenting and all of us together you know there's six of us here in one little house enjoying (laughs) you know a couple of days way over the vrbo limit let's just say we we have broken all the rules broke the contract broke the contract i mean kids are sleeping in vans oh yeah and (laughs) And out we brought tents and cots but they just want to be of course in the air conditioning on the floor you know i I th- there are times when there's only one adult that's on watch. Mm-hmm. And I think what's cool is the fact that we, even though we all have different parenting styles, we're all responsible adults with mm-hmm. kids. And there's already, there's understood things like, I don't spank your kids. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. spank my kids. Mm-hmm. We don't berate each other's kids. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows when Aunt M says, stop, yeah. you stop. I mean, and I think that's cool. I, I don't think that's normal in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. I think, you know... It's well, some... I think it's because we respect each other. Yeah. And it's yeah. like they see us deferring to one another and respecting one another. And so our kids, if Matt says something, Gus is going to obey and mm-hmm. listen to Matt and respect him. Yeah. And it's so healthy because you can look and go, okay, that be threatened by someone else's differences in their home or the way they run their home. Mm-hmm. Or you can go... <laughs> Okay, this is how right. you know, like it's healthy to be able right. to not be threatened by that and totally. be like, this is how we do it, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's just a good lesson. Difference, differences aren't bad. It's just yeah. it's just the way that we all function. Well, and it's, it's helped me just let go of so much because I think hospitality just teaches us to let go. Oh yeah. Like, and it's part of what's so beautiful about Christ's model of opening your home because it really requires that you just allow all the differences to help shape you. And so like for me as a one on the Enneagram, I'm not a a neat Nick, 
but it y'all know. I mean, I just I just work. I yeah. clean up stuff. It's just like if there's nothing to do, well, I'm behind it. Swipe it. I'm gonna swipe it up. I'm gonna. <laughs> and I remember early on just getting so annoyed that no one saw the yeah. the snot rags on the floor or the chip bags that oh, are yeah. down or the yeah. And it's like it's not even visible. And so it took work for me to realize. Okay, my choice is to do this because it's my delight. Or to let it go because it's really not bothering anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can be thankful if Dawn now does the dishes and who cares if I open it up the next morning and it's piled it's in not, with yeah. like crazy whatever. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, I'm looking no, at the counter so behind you right oh. now and realizing that would never fly in our home. Well, that's cleaner than it was this morning. Yeah. But I did take <laughs> those two dishes over there before we did started Did you hear what she said about the dishwasher? That's his whole thing. Oh, when yeah. I load the dishwasher, he's like, what is Not that efficient. order? <laughs> Not efficient. Like it, it all got in and the door shut. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's good practice on letting go. And y'all have been that for me for sure of going, what's really the most important? Like yeah. it's the Mary and Martha thing, it you know, is. like mm-hmm. I know that I've got some of those Martha tendencies, but my heart is after Mary's heart to sit. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I have to work a little harder to get to sit. Yeah. But I can, I I feel like I'm in a little bit better place than I was 16 years ago. Well, totally. (laughs) And we get to see that. That's what's so fun about being friends this long. I think that you brought it up being a one, the Enneagram gave us. I mean, can you guys all agree? So much language for our friendships. Totally. I mean, so much language. The eight and the six on a first date, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that totally explained that because uh, so... You know, as an eight, I don't touch a six or a four, so I don't have a frame of reference mm-hmm. for those two numbers. They de- I respect them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've grown an affection for them. Well, maybe not the four, but I didn't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, I don't. I don't understand how Matt sees the world mm-hmm. and how he interacts with the world. I see it completely differently. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to respect it, and I've learned how to learn from it. I mean, he sees things that I don't see, and I mean. If there's someone who is wise, I'm going to Matt Weibel because yeah. he's like an owl. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a wisdom about him. My favorite bird. Favorite bird. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. That's one of my favorite birds. You know, we have an owl in the neighborhood. Yes, we, we saw it leaving your house the other night. It was oh, flying it's over. So oh, he's pretty. so he's so loud. So beautiful. He's so loud. But no, I mean seriously, if if I have one friend and I think I need someone who has wisdom, I'm calling Matt Weibel. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, you know, I love that. Even though as an eight, I want to be the one in control and in charge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but through trust and through communication, I can submit to Matt's leadership. Mm-hmm. Even when it's quiet or it's not as fast as I want it to be. But it was the Enneagram that helped me to, to mm-hmm. put words to that and to see that and to, to love it. What does that mean for you, for him as an eight? What did that, when it, you discovered he's yeah, an eight? Oh. I remember the first time we were listening to the, the know your number. Yeah. Uh, Suzanne. C wasn't CDs, whatever it was. And we were listening through all the numbers and then she got to the eight and we were like, Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's like light bulb goes off and (laughs) it is, it just, it just shows you, man, everybody sees the world differently. And there are a lot of, a lot of good things that I can, that I can learn from the eight. And maybe I feel every once in a while if I do have a counterphobic mm. moment. And I'm like, mm. okay, that's where, that's where Brett's living. Mm. And, yeah, and that's, I would probably do good to 
drink out of that cup a little more often. You would. In, you some, would. in some instances. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I take it back. Then <laughs> again, that would cost on the back end. Yeah. That's well, funny. That's um, okay. So both of you guys, and if, for sure for us, are building community in our calling and in our workspace. And that looks different for each of us as we've gone on to build different things. And so... Matt, give us a little bit about what Field Guides is, what you're doing, and how community is kind of the undergirding of all that. Yeah, so my background was in uh, church youth ministry and did junior high and high school ministry for 10 years in in a local church. And the, the big group, maybe the six kind of helps me understand that better, but I was always drawn a little bit more towards the ones and the twos and the guys that sitting back on the back that didn't have anyone to talk to. And Mm -hmm. um, so that was always a little bit more of my passion was the smaller groups and uh, the individuals. Mm -hmm. And thinking back when I was in high school, I always, I think something I really craved deeply was someone other than my dad who would see potential in me, Mm -hmm. see value in who I am and say, I want to help you along with that. I want to, I want to pour my life into you because I see value in you. And, um, so that was, that was one of my passions coming up through ministry. And then, uh, at at some point there was a, you know, a big event that happened. I tried to get this job and didn't get it. And the outdoors really became a refuge to me where I could, where in places that I used to could hear God, I Mm -hmm. couldn't hear him anymore. It was a Mm. confusing space. And being in the woods was a place that was, I could hear God. I could feel, uh, I could feel him with me. Mm. And was that true of your childhood or why? I mean, did you have that kind of love of nature always? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, our okay. family did some outdoorsy stuff and, but that was just kind of like, oh, this is just what we do. Okay. Um, and so when it actually became a, like a refuge for me, mm. uh, Don was like poking me, you got to do something else mm. for your job. You got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I finally did jump off the cliff, it was like I was able to marry these two passions of really wanting to, to mentor the ones and the twos mm. and combining it with a passion and a love for outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's God's creation and, and mm-hmm. seeing him in what he's created. And uh, so, yeah, we... That, that's mm. that's the basics of what of why I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the foundation and and to me, uh, community is just it's always been a, a, an important thing for me. Uh, I think back to to high school, I had three or four guys that mm. that was who I ran with. Mm-hmm. We didn't go to the same school or anything. We were in the same youth group, but those are the guys that I ran with. And um, you know, to me, mm. community is it, it was and is still just a. A deep thing, and so in in field guides, that's we're reaching out to whoever God brings us. We're not like going into schools and mm-hmm. getting you know casting hun- wide nets necessarily. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when having a hundred kids in your youth group, you're doing good to know their names and where they go to school. Right. And but with with what we're doing now, I would rather know name in who they are and what their families like and know them. Right. It, it past just what you see or right. just the way that they act and, and get into why are you doing this or what are you feeling and, um, you know, what is God speaking to you and giving them a chance to sit and hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. And then as they as they talk or as we go through a topic or something, just allowing 
allowing them space and just guiding them along a little bit, kind of just mm-hmm. keeping them somewhat like the bumper lanes in, <laughs> in uh, bowling. It's like you got some, you know, area to move mm-hmm. around, but just bouncing them back in, into the lane. And, and I feel like when you, you know, when we take kids on a hunting trip or a fishing trip or go to Colorado or whatever, we're teaching them these outdoor skills. And so that it kind of gives you some cred and it kind of gives mm-hmm. you some space uh, that, that develops trust with the kids. And so then they're more likely to say, you know, I'm really going through this with my folks mm-hmm. or I'm, this is really happening at school and it's, I don't know how to deal with it. And mm-hmm. um, so like the, the fun stuff that we do on the side builds that trust and, and kind of gives us the right to mm-hmm. speak deep words to them yeah. and to speak encouragements to them and gives them a place and then the feeling that it's okay to come back to us with someone asked me if I want to sell drugs at school yeah. and I don't know what I should do. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Just say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then kind of like through the process of like field guides, um, doing kind of these outdoors adventures, which is, is a discomfort for many of kids, especially in today's world. Mm -hmm. I would say that like just being out among nature or learning hunting or survival skills is not typically the norm. Or being around teenage boys. I mean, when you said that one boy pulled his boots off and filled your truck, (laughs) I'm out, bro. Bad. Brett's just going off smells. Need some spray for your feet. That is a calling. Yes. I commend you. So you're kind of watching these guys get uncomfortable and then find comfort in one another around Mm -hmm. the campfire every night. It's kind of like you're tethering back to this circle. Yeah. And you're able to go a little bit deeper each night when you do these outdoor excursions and camps. Um, But... Through that process, one of the things I think is really interesting is the way Dawn comes into this story because Dawn would kind of go as a support to you and just cook the meals and be there to kind of because her passion is food and mm-hmm. and Love community cooking. and relationships. And so she's there and um, kind of doing some behind the scenes. And what you guys started noticing was this issue with tech dependency. So tell us, like, once they got there, like, when did y'all decide to build those first little detox boxes mm-hmm. yeah so how'd that story happen we were in yeah this is back when we were doing our camps in texas which uh-huh. is an insane thing to do <laughs> in, the uh, summer. in the middle of summer yeah and we were like we need some type of a activity to do in the afternoon when it's just the absolute hottest and i don't remember why we decided we wanted to build a box well some i don't remember they were well the kid we were putting the kids phones in bags like at the beginning of oh camp. they were checking in their phones and they so we saw you know seven days of them not having any phone and we were like wow we're seeing such a difference in the kids at the end of mm. camp and so we gave them something to bring home and put their phone yeah in. so we had we got some scrap lumber mm-hmm. and the where we were had some some tools and we just said, all right, let's make some boxes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gave them some opportunity to use a circular mm-hmm. saw and a nail gun and mm-hmm. stuff, which guys are like, oh, that was, mm-hmm. that was fun. I need a, I need a nail gun. <laughs> uh, gave them a chance to, again, learn a practical skill, which will be good for them. But also, yeah, the end result was the box. And we told them, take it home, put it in your bedroom or put it in your living room. And when you feel like you need a break from your phone, Put mm-hmm. it in there and walk away. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Don, what are you seeing? Why was the need? Why even have the kids take away? Why take away their phones on this week at camp? What were you seeing this difference kind of in personality? Yeah, well, 
in cooking, I would be in the kitchen just making the dinner and the kids would kind of gather around. And at the beginning, when we were first doing the camps, they would come in and have conversations with us and talk about, I mean, they would talk about all kinds of things, what food they ate Mm -hmm. to the deeper things. Mm -hmm. My family didn't really, we don't Mm -hmm. really sit down and do meals, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Or can you come home and cook for us? (laughs) (laughs) And so we started to notice after, after a couple of years, they were having their phones with them and there was mm-hmm. way less engaging. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was the very beginning of well, internet, yeah, right? Twitter. Um, I remember one boy saying, I'm up in the middle of the night at two o'clock on Twitter and I'm just not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about taking these boxes home and they were like, I remember the first year we did it, the kids were telling their parents, these boxes are for your phones too. And we're going to yeah. put phones in them while we eat and we're going to sit down and have dinner. And so that was like the wow. very early beginnings, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that. the phone is just like a mini way to duck out real quick from yeah. what's going on. So if you've had a, a long day or it was too hot or if you had got cross with someone, it's like, I'm going to check out for a minute yes. and not deal with that. Yeah. And you didn't have that opportunity when the phone wasn't there. You had yeah. to, you know, have those conversations or that mm-hmm. make that eye contact that was uncomfortable. Or you had to feel what you were feeling. Yeah. Yes. You couldn't go get a dopamine hit yeah. off of tech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had to sit with what you were feeling in that yeah. moment. And it's yeah. amazing how much we do that. I mean, I, I, for sure. It's been an indicting when you look at that, you know, your iPhone usage for the week. Oh, yeah. The screen time. Mm-hmm. Like yes. What's your average daily use? And it's like, Oh my God, what <laughs> yeah. am I doing with my life? Exactly. And it tells you where you are on your phone. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I was on Instagram the whole time or I was on my emails. Yeah. yeah. So so then take us on into how Talk More Tech Less was birthed out of what was what you were seeing just in the kitchen with the field yeah. guides camps. And so how so the it was vision that, for that? It was that year. Mm-hmm. We came home from camp and I was like, there's something happening here. Mm. Like the kids' eye contact's been weird. And we were starting to just notice like really early signs of withdrawal. And so I started researching mm. and reading re- early, early research mm-hmm. of like what's going on and started discovering other organizations out there trying to do something about mm. uh, regulation, um, internet regulation, even pornography regulation yeah. on the internet. I was like, wow, this is a whole thing. Right. And this is really early. And, you know, we talked earlier about how with chores at the end of the day, I'm like frazzled. I'm a very reactionary person. Mm-hmm. So it felt a little bit different and uncomfortable to be on the precautionary side. Mm. Like, okay, we're, we're going to preemptively maybe do something mm-hmm. about this because I can see, I can foresee feels good, this it? getting, yeah, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels very it's unnatural so actually. It was dripping with judgment. <laughs> so we start, I started writing this 30 day detox program mm-hmm. and we got a friend at, um, a friend that, has does some woodwork sticker mm-hmm. universe John Peel and he helped me design these boxes and we made the first official De- detox box yeah. and we did a 30 day program with it and it was just it's not 30 days off of your phone but it's 30 days of just intentionally taking time during the day yeah it's mm-hmm. not anti technology it's right. just Tech responsibly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which and so that home. marketing company Hole in the Roof Genevieve everybody was kind of like let's do something here. And I'll never forget us sitting out at our friend's Mm -hmm. pool talking and you Mm -hmm. were like, it's not like you're 
it's like you're teching less, you know? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, and talking more. (laughs) Talk more, tech less. So it just kind of was the early birthing. And then we launched the website, which has products, Mm -hmm. and Talk More Meals became one of the products that we sell to get families around the table. So what are you doing with Talk More, Tech Less? Because they're kind of... You've got two separate lanes going on right now. So you've got Talk More, Tech Less, and then you have Talk More Meals, which we haven't fully talked about yet. So Talk More, Tech Less is a tech responsibly um, kind of movement that you are engaged in. So what are you producing in that company? In that, we have um, education, awareness, and products. Mm -hmm. So we have products that families can go on there and buy. Um, We have a smartphone ed, which is like an initial driver's ed course for your kids getting their first smartphone. Which I think every parent who is listening that's got a teenager or is about to give their kids social media needs to go. And how much is it? $20. $20. bucks, And you download it? You download it. So you download this video. And you own it. And then you own it. And you can watch it again and again. And there's like a covenant or a contract. Yeah, there's a contract your kids sign at the end. And it's a great, it's actually a great little, it's a film, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little 30 minute court online Mm -hmm. course film. You can watch with, we've had a couple families get it and they watch with their small group or Mm -hmm. they watch with their neighborhood because a lot of their friends, kids Mm -hmm. are in the same phase. And you can talk through families that are interviewed from Mm -hmm. all spans. So you've got the families that are like, yes, we allow technology and here's the monitors we use. And then you have families that are like, no, we're waiting until mm-hmm. very late and to give them, you know, so you have the big Gamut. You can get, yeah. So you've got that. So we've got the product. And then there. what else do you have? And then we have um, the education and the uh, awareness advocacy side of it is we're part, we're actually the only Texas representatives in this digital wellness collective. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are out in Silicon Valley okay. and in New York doing a lot of work, just advocacy work on, um, which it's kind of contradictory mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but doing a lot of work on regulation and okay. what's on the internet and what kids are allowed to see and the amount of time. So they, the Digital Wellness Collective has been um, important in like even the screen times that Google's implemented, okay. just pushing things like that mm-hmm. to, to say, this is a health crisis with mm-hmm. our kids right. um, and we need to do something about it. And then the other thing we do is speak in schools. Yeah. We do um, online safety presentations, cyberbullying presentations, and then an unplugging presentation, which that one's really fun. We do that with the young kids. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do when you put your phone down? <laughs> what do you need to go outside and do? Yeah. But it's very eye-opening because mm-hmm. we'll be with, um, you know, third graders and we'll say, okay, raise your hand if your, you know, grandma or parents ever tell you to go outside and play. Mm-hmm. And almost none of them will mm-hmm. even raise their hand. They're like, why are we going outside? You know, there's so many fun apps on our games. This is so good because on on the demand side of what we do at JSL, you know, the research shows that the average age of being exposed to pornography is nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when we're giving kids these, I mean, for devices, yeah, these devices that are basically bombs, I mean, they can go anywhere in the world on this little device that we give them to just basically for us not to parent them. Yeah. You know, let's keep yeah. them tied up to that so that we don't have to do something. It's yeah. basically our way of checking out too. Um, but to, to educate parents and to educate kids, I think that's so good. And it's so good that you're doing it even with the young kids. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I have a nine-year-old and mm-hmm. just that thought of having those passions opened up mm-hmm. too early, so early. is so dangerous it is. to their health way down the road. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have guys that stop demand school that 
were exposed at night. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why they're buying prostitutes now yeah. because of what the, the door was opened yes. when they were that young. And it just doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's so much research on those earlier years. Like if they're exposed at a later time when that prefrontal cor- cor- mm-hmm. cortex is more formed and developed, then they're going to have a better perspective. But mm-hmm. when they're ties age, well, six, you're and just, they're yeah, seeing... curious, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not shameful for them. It's it is, it's it's sad. Yeah. It's like a you know it's an injustice that that they kind of their brain had to become mm-hmm. aware of mm-hmm. what this yeah. was before it could before really have meaning or understanding. Yeah. 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 Um, so you've got that going on with talk more tech less, and then how did talk more meals? get birthed out of that. So talk more meals is also my passion is Uh cooking. I love to cook. And so I had a friend, Don Hall came up to me Mm -hmm. one day at church and said, Hey, I see on Instagram, all the food you're making. Can you cook for me and my husband and I'll pay you. And I was like, I don't know. That sounds like a lot right now. You've always been cooking (laughs) for sure. Always been cooking. So I started, I called her back that day and I was like, sure, I'll make an extra for you and Steve. That's great. So I started, well, word got out Mm -hmm. and she I had, she had a couple friends texting me, and then all of a sudden I was cooking for some of my mm-hmm. just really busy friends, mm-hmm. but do, also doing really healthy foods, so right. food that was healing for, you know, gluten-free or anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. um, and it just started taking off, and I was like, oh, this is illegal to be cooking out of my home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a real kitchen, which is how I've heard a lot of food prep start, um, so I ended up renting from mm-hmm. a kitchen downtown. Now I'm with mm-hmm. you guys at mm-hmm. JSL, which I love it, using the kitchen there. And we just make all the food on Mondays mm-hmm. and deliver it. So it's just local to Waco right okay. now, but we're hoping to branch out. We've had a lot of desire yeah. and request to branch out. And we have talking points on the labels. Mm-hmm. So they, it's talk more meals. So they order the food and then it gets delivered. It's already cooked. There's a talking point for you to sit down with your family mm-hmm. and engage, whether it's breakfast real quick before school or dinner. So or just lunch. If way. you're a working person and yes. you're having your lunch around the you know break room, yeah. it's got good talking points like icebreaker points to know yeah. your coworkers more yeah. or just fun things just to think about deeper. too. Because a lot of times you get your lunch and you just get on your phone and catch up on, right. you know, and so it's a way to get to... Yeah, yeah but the people. premise, I think the beauty of it is that it's still about talking more. It, yeah. Food becomes this kind of way to deepen community yeah. and to deepen relationships, and which is a lot of what our, I see in you guys' lives. Yeah, and a lot of our research, too, so much was being led back to around mm. the table and mealtimes and yeah. how it's just... We're so busy. It's just missing right now. We're driving through. We're cramming yeah. food in our mouth before we get to the next ball game. So we just say, you know, if you can do two of these a week, you right. know, sit down with your family. And there's also research behind mealtimes right. and how important it is for that connection with your kids and the building trust and all of that. So Yeah. And even if, you know, what, that's been a challenge for us as our lives have gotten more complicated with older kids and sports and extracurricular activities is like making mealtime and making that time for our family important. And I think even if you can't hit it every night, that kind of circle, circle of the wagons, at least if you can do a few times a week, it does make a difference. It It really, really does. And your talking points are great. And we even have other like just funny little you know, cards or we'll go through like, what are our values as a family? Let's mm-hmm. talk about what we value. And just to hear so from each good. other 
you know, and of course put your devices down. Yeah. Makes a yeah. difference. Well, and your food is good. And let's be honest, in our our small little community group of six and then our even a little bit larger group of twelve, <laughs> food is really important and very, very central to what we do. And it's gotta be good. Yeah. Um, be because there's good. a lot of people who don't make good food. And we've all experienced that, yes? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so it's good to know that in our group of community we're going to eat well. Yeah. And Don, you're one of the forerunners of that. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Except and you, curry. No, we no, love the curry. Your curry. Is we all love it except Brett. Except you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, well, any last, last thoughts, last words, last, just as we wrap up this conversation, how would we encourage our listeners who are potentially, um, you know, our podcast is on the organ. We have listeners from all over, but you know, on the organizational and nonprofit side. So they're building organizations or they're involved in organizations that are doing good work in the world. Um, why would community be important for these, these corporate, um, or nonprofit kind of sectors? Very important. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when I first stepped out of working at the church, and I, I didn't actually start Field Guides at that point, I jumped in with another organization, and, you know, after a year, year and a half of working with them, there was just some things that felt mm. funny, and it was mm. like, I don't, I don't know about this, and it was through community that I was able to talk with Brett and talk with other guys in the group and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. And I feel funny about this or this happened. And they're like, mm. mm -hmm. you know, it kind of, it confirm, it, community helped confirm mm. the way I was feeling and which, which helped to give birth to field guides. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, gives you a, it gives you a natural sounding board of mm -hmm. people that aren't just surface level or, or you know, not very longstanding or deep level friends. Mm -hmm. They know me. They knew mm -hmm. me. And were able to say, understand what I was saying, and and I give good uh, feedback, good direction. Yeah, and I think we we can see your strengths in ways that maybe others don't. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I love about our group, you know, you guys definitely have guys nights, and we may have girls nights, but but. I feel a hundred percent safe and comfortable with every guy in, in this community, um, to express who I am as mm -hmm. a woman and as a, um, leader and someone who's got vision and ideas and y'all can help shape and steward. And in the same way, we're able to invest in Matt when he's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I don't know. And we're yeah. like begging him. We're like, take the leap yeah, please like Jump for off the cliff dude. all of us you know yeah. and for our kids who are to. now learning from you you know it's just been beautiful to watch you kind of take these steps of faith I just don't know how leaders or anyone in the world um can can really become who they're fully supposed to be without healthy community. They can. Yeah. If you're doing it on your own, you're going to miss out yeah. and yeah. you're not going to be your full potential. Right. Yeah. Because there's things about me that I don't I, can, I just can't see. Yeah. But I know that you M see mm -hmm. it or Don or so, you know, you mm -hmm. can there's just angles that community help facilitate yeah. and I think that's why 
even not to get all churchy, but in scripture Mm -hmm. talks about a cord of three strands will never be broken. Mm -hmm. A cord of one strand. Yeah. That, that Mm -hmm. could be ripped apart. Mm -hmm. But if you intertwine three together, Mm -hmm. that, that rope is tight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you have a good solid community and it doesn't have to be 12, maybe it's just four people. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can, you can accomplish a lot with, Mm -hmm. with more people. And I think too, organizations or leaders that are are the sole leader like both of us are in ours we've had to learn to be vigilant about reaching out and getting yeah. a tribe not only around you know personally what we're mm-hmm. going through but in just our personal lives but also in our work lives and having yes. people in that sphere yes. come on board and say this is yeah I think this is the route you should go no this doesn't look right because you're you're kind of on your own yeah. and so you have to reach out and find that tribe of people within yeah. your organization. Yeah. Yeah. But in order to trust even corporately that collaboration, you have an experience and a track record of why community works and why collaboration works because you personally are doing doing that. So, so what you do, and we say this all the time in JSL, but what you're doing off the clock absolutely defines what you're putting Mm -hmm. out on the clock. And so what you're doing in your personal life will 100% impact the organization that you're running or that you're working in. We're all leading someone. We're all influencing somewhere. And so what you're able to develop personally makes all the difference in the world. And so I would... I would definitely, I think community is, is one of the things that our society is craving the most right now. And it's, it's one of the saddest things to watch us become more and more isolated, um, and more dependent upon social media interactions Mm -hmm. than true depth of understanding because this way is a slower way. It is. It's a slower way and it's not immediately gratifying. Mm -mm. Like it takes patience and time and you may not get to that point with friends until a year or two down the road. Yeah. And you just have to be willing to keep showing up to something consistently Mm -hmm. until you see the value in it. Yeah. You know, what do you think, Brett? I think that's good. (laughs) I just, I, I'm, I had a, a ton of thoughts just stream through my mind when you said that, but yeah, I think we just, Two things I think are the biggest part of community is trust and communication. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can dig into those two factors, you can have a group that will bring so much life to you and you mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. that it's just a beautiful organism mm-hmm. that is just that, that can go on for generations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun. And, you know, we, I, how, we have laughed more than, I mean, you just like her stomach hurt laugh. We have a lot of stories. Pants. Pee yes. your pants so kind of laugh. Yeah. Many I mean, stories. we don't need to bring that story up, but yes, pee your pants kind of laugh. <laughs> but we've also had yeah. really hard moments. Yeah. And yeah. You've been really angry with me at times <laughs> where you've said just a few times, I'm sure. He's talking to Matt. And yeah, and and likewise. But I didn't tell you about yes. it. Yeah, that's right. I did tell you. You just withheld. <laughs> but I think true. for those of us um, longing community in different spaces, that can be a church community. It can be a book club. It can be a knitting circle. It can be a crafting group. It could be, um, you know, it could be an organization that you have similar interests around volunteering and, and um, doing the work of justice. And mm-hmm. so... 
Um, it could be outdoors. It could be cooking. It could be lots of different things. And so I think the, one of the most important things we want to say is encourage people. If you are seeking community, don't give up, mm-hmm. don't give up hope, mm-hmm. find and keep pursuing what you're desiring and, um, and plug in. And if we want to find you guys and find your communities and where you're building community, where would we find you? Go ahead, hon. Well, mine's mm-hmm. uh, my name, talkmoretechless.com or talkmoremeals.com. Okay. If you're local to Waco, you'll want to get the meals. Yes, you will. But gluten-free, Whole30 now? Yeah, Whole30 okay. and Paleo. And Paleo. Yeah. So, and yeah. Instagram at talkmore? Yes, at talkmoremeals. Talk Okay. That's right. Yep. Mateo, and what about you? I wouldn't really send anyone to our website because I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how to so update true. it. Yeah. Uh, one of my volunteers takes care of that. But right. um, it is HOT Field Guides. I love it. Good Lord. Man, I love it. I don't think people use those things, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so where can do. we find you on Instagram? Yes, we're on Instagram and, okay. and uh, Facebook, HOT Field Guides. HOT Field yeah. Guides. Okay, we didn't even talk about this, but but I just bought one for my nephew because you do these beautiful custom rods. Yeah. And those are a great quality gift, especially when you're thinking about Father's Day coming True. up. Yep. Yes. Um, even if you want to, if you can't get it done in time, because they are handmade, they're handcrafted. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get it at Father's Day in time, you could at least send a note with a cute little picture that yeah. said, on the way, Dad, this is coming to yeah. you. Fishing you rod. do a fly rod. You can do, a, yep. what's it called? Spin? Yeah, spinner rod, spinner casting rod, rods, casting rods. Whatever. Do yeah. Make fishing rods. And then if you have a young boy, between what ages are you working with? When we first started, it was junior high and high school. But as the, the ages ebb and flow over the years, we've kind of, we were in a younger age group now. Mm-hmm. We're working with kids that are our own children's age. Mm-hmm. And so it's... Um, junior field guides. Yeah, I mean, little junior. kids. And it changes mm-hmm. the whole dynamic of what we do, but um, they need it too. So, yeah, I mean, ages... Eight to eighteen. Mm-hmm. So much. if you're and if you're a mom listening, I think one of the beautiful things too is that you provide a lot of outdoor and mentorship, especially for single moms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been kind of a huge um, population of guys yeah. that you reach. And so if you're a single mom listening and you want a way for your son to be engaged with mentoring from other men, this is a great opportunity. So you can find them at HOT Field Guides on Instagram, or you can email Matt at. Matthew D. Weibel at gmail.com. There you go. So talk more meals, talk more tech less, HOT field guides, HOT custom rods. Yeah, field guides, custom field rods. Field guides, custom rods. Yeah. Yes. Guys, on we we're, just, we're just going to put links on the website. <laughs> we there's are. A lot. There's a lot going on. Listen, this has been fun. I'm ready to get to the lake. Woo-hoo! And get the in the social float. Social float. Social, social float. float. We got a big blow up social float. <laughs> I can honestly say that I am so glad that we didn't give up after the first date. Me too. Amen. That's good. Me too. Yes. You guys are dear to us and we love you deeply. We love you too. Back to you. <laughs> okay. Subscribe to this po- up to the podcast at Jesus Said Love. Emily at Jesus Said Love.com. Brett at Jesus Said Love.com. Parting words, Emily. I just want you guys to remember to share the love. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review Yes, because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. 
and visit the website at jesussaidlove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.